Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Jonathan Huguenin, on a ministry working diligently to get God's Word out in an audible form to everyone in the world. Something else really cool that's happening is a movement within prison systems. We just joined uh, a sweet partnership with an organization that Chuck Colson founded, uh, their international expression, Prison Fellowship International. And as we speak, 40 countries, prison systems, are getting audio Bible devices to play to prisoners. And by the year 2027, 10% of the global prison population will have sat in an audio Bible listening group, not in French or Swahili, but in their heart language. Patrick Herman talks with Jonathan Huguenin next. God's Word reminds us in Isaiah and in Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Jonathan Huguenin, Vice President of Faith Comes by Hearing, joins us today on Pilgrim Radio. Thanks for being with us on His People. Happy to be here. It's as simple as that, isn't it, Jonathan, that faith comes by hearing. So your ministry has taken that to heart and is finding ways for people to hear the Word, right? Yeah, we really have, Patrick. We're uh, We're a little over 51 years old this year. And uh, we're kind of involved in audio ministry before it became popular (laughs) with all these audio books and podcasts and things these days. Well, I think we had an interview with your team back in 2008, the group that, that runs this program. And I personally remember hearing that interview at that time with your group sending what you called military Bible sticks. That was 2008 to those in the services. It sort of expanded from there, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's really grown. You know, I think there's there's this view that um, audio might be for people who can't read or, or maybe the blind or my grandparent. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that the world's really recognized over this past decade that uh, a lot of people in the world have are oral preference learners. It's not just for this niche group. I think we've even seen that here in the West. You know, you ask somebody how many books they've read and they show you their their audible list of all the books they've actually listened to. So it's been a neat season to see kind of audio come of age and not just be adopted for the the small rural people groups, but the educated and everyone in between. And that's, I'm not sure how God works that out, but faith does come by hearing. Well, let's get to the the big thing though, because you said it's, it's, you know, it can be for people that read or don't read, but I think I saw there that's 70% of the world's population either cannot read or cannot uh, read in their heart language. Is that what I understand? So that's like 5.7 billion people that cannot read or aren't reading the word of God. Yeah, I think you could add a couple other things to that. Um, Often people choose to not read or may read at a functional level, but reading the book of Romans when you can read at a functional level can prove to be pretty challenging. Um, So 70% of the world at least prefers to learn through oral and uh, video means. So I think I saw on your website that over 1,700 languages have already been, so you you have 
you have spoken the word onto these recordings of 1700 plus languages, right? Yep, you got it. And some of those languages are ones you'd recognize Hindi and Bengali. You know, one of the smallest languages we've ever done is for 140 people. Wow that speak one language and we really try to do the same level of audio recording for the small the overlooked the oft forgotten as as we do for spanish and some of the larger languages it really gives honor and value because a lot of people associate their identity uh, who they are with their language and when you've been told your language is second rate you need to learn the trade language, the language of your country, or English to really be anybody. Um, they start to view themselves as second class. And I think what God's word's done in a lot of these communities, it's the only book available in audio form. You know, their <laughs> chests kind of puff out and they say, my language is now valuable because God speaks my little tiny language that only 140 people um, speak. So not only is it truth, it also brings a lot of value um, to people on, on their personal identity. But if it's the only book that they can listen to, you sort of have a captive audience there as well. <laughs> you do. You do. Yep. That is so much fun. What is the one language that has 140 people? Do you remember? Oh, gee. I don't know if I could tell you the exact name. It's in Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea alone has 900 languages across wow. all of these islands. Um, and that's really what we're gearing up for is this vision called Vision 2033. Um, it's never before in history have we had multiple databases that are kind of coalescing and a partnership movement to have an initial finish line. Like, let's get God's word in some form um, to every people group on the planet. And uh, it's called Vision 2033. We've really joined forces with a lot of major Bible translation agencies that are well known like Wycliffe and United Bible Societies. And it's the first time in the history of the world where the last languages are known. Yeah, uh, We need a couple thousand more audio Bibles and about 1600 more translations done. And literally every people group on the planet will have at least a portion of God's word and not just God's word, but available in a format like audio or video that their heart and mind can can understand wow just 10 years so that's the bar that's the standard 2033 man let's go and yeah. I, you know it's not just one of these fancy fundraising banners that you you throw out there that's unbelievable um it's it's there's a practical operational element to it as well well as a faith-filled uh element so we're really getting into the the weeds of this multi-organizational movement to the point where we're having staff and partners kind of go to the rural villages where um, they literally are the least like they're the people groups who may come to the the throne room you know last if it were a linear thing yeah saying wow we finally got god's word That's um, so, cool. so it's getting that granular and gritty so someone translates the Bible, you expect, you know, a different ministry to do that. And then you have someone native to that language that reads the word, right? Is that what I understand? You got it. Yep. Then this is what we do for print Bibles. So a lot of the world has print Bibles available. I remember working with the people group in uh, East Asia. There were 600,000 uh, speakers of this language. And we asked for 25 readers to to participate in an audio bible recording and the group laughed at us why and said no way there's only five readers 
who can read this orthography in the entire people group of 600,000. We said, okay, we'll take off five of them. And they laughed at us again and said, these are the most important people in the community because they're the only ones that can access written materials. You get one of them. And so they lent us this one person who read God's word faithfully out loud. And after that recording took a couple of weeks, instantly all 600,000 could finally have access to God's word in a form they understood. Thankfully, one was available. (laughs) That's all it takes though, right? You know, I was thinking about that because there are good readers and there are not good readers. You know, there's not so good readers, but do you find yourself ever having people re-record something because you're like, "Uh, that was horrible? Oh, it gets really complicated just to be a bit vulnerable. There's been uh, recordings in Africa where the chief of a language community wants his oldest son to be the Jesus reader. Wow. And his son has a terrible voice and can barely read. So after a couple of lines of Jesus, the recording team that may have come from a neighboring country has to kind of wiggle around and tell the chief, well, dear sir, your son has no skill. But <laughs> what if he's this small part, or Paul's nephew, you know, that has two lines? Because you don't often get people boasting their first son was you know, Judas or uh, or a demon, things like that. So there's a lot of dynamics that our recording teams have to kind of navigate. They spend about two to three months on average recording a New Testament. And we, we had one recording team in Zimbabwe who had to change villages mid-recording because there were lion attacks at night. And this poor recording member had a, a run-in with a lion when he was a boy and just utterly terrified of lions so they they picked up and moved the whole studio uh it's amazing to me that even a recording ever gets done but we're producing about 150 to 200 new languages now every year well and you had mentioned that you know i i think i saw online there's like seven thousand plus languages that need or that not need but that are out there but you're saying only maybe three thousand 3,500 need to be translated. Is that right? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, that are left that have a need for an audio recording. There's about 3,500, 3,600. What makes that, you know, tell us, you know, are we talking languages? You said there's like 900 just in, uh, in, did you say the Philippines? Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. I'm thinking, are are we talking, when they say languages like that online, are they saying like the Cherokee tribe and all the tribes across the United States as well. Those are all languages. Yep, you got it. All right, so some of them just don't need to be translated, right? Yeah, some of them have kind of passed off their language and have moved to the trade language. Um, Some of them, you know, the grandparents from 20 years ago are the last generation to speak it, and they all taught their kids a new language. Sometimes you have people... Multilingualism. Uh, I've asked someone in Tanzania one time what their heart language was, and they said, what heart language are you talking about? (laughs) I pray to God in one language. I study the Bible in a different language. I speak to my family in a third language. What heart language are you after? So this idea, you know, in a monolithic Western society, this idea that one language is your heart language is not always translated in India or Nigeria. Yeah. Um, languages are really complex and beautiful. 
Well, isn't it the same even with us, with all of our versions in English? Uh, some people say, oh, well, I, you know, I've always memorized in the King James or, or I've always memorized in the NIV. We just, we all have our own preference with that even. Yep. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great uh, way to get your mind around it. Yeah. You know, I was thinking that, you know, faith comes by hearing and you're saying there's all these different people and maybe it's just because you're an audible learner, but every kid, I mean, you're not a good reader typically until you're you know, nine, 10, and then you maybe start to devour books, but all of the, all of the youth as well, all of the kids sitting on their mother's knee, they need to hear the word. And that maybe that's why God said, you know, faith comes by hearing, not by reading it, by hearing. It's a great point. Even in college material these days, or in look at any online course, there's likely an audio or video component to learning. So I think the world's embrace that often in third world countries where literacy levels are low, people just sit around and tell stories all the time. Like they're natural oral communicators. So the idea of sitting around a proclaimer, which is like a solar powered Bible device that just blares you know, this language, the idea that people sit around this, this plastic audio Bible device every week and hear it and then argue about it and tell stories about it is just supernatural. It's just what they do. They've done for millennia. But what's amazing is audio and video Bibles are breaking into first world contexts all over the world. I even do it with my own kids where we'll, we'll read a chapter of scripture together and we'll talk about it. And then I'll have them close their eyes and we'll listen with their eyes closed mm. to the same passage we just read. And all of a sudden, these different things in your brain are firing because you're imagining through an audio experience something different than the print reading experience. And then I'll have them open their eyes and we'll watch the, the gospel films. We'll watch scripture, the same section. And once you've passed through scripture, three different medias, print, audio, and video, I'm telling you, your your ability, even as an illiterate adult in America, it it illuminates scripture when you can process in different media. And that's where we are now in this day and age. Not 50 years ago or 100 years ago was this even a gift to the world. It's all freely available now. Anybody can access it. Yeah, who decides, Jonathan, what languages need to be translated? Is that somebody else does that and you use what they what, what is available? Who decide, decides that? Yeah, it's always done with the language community. Um, so we'll we'll do things called language assessments or language surveys, and we'll go into a community. People all over the world right now as we talk are doing this. We did one in uh, Nepal, a country that's very dear to me. Uh, a team went into the Himalayas and did 34 language surveys in, in these 34 different cities to say, is your language distinct? And about half of those assessments came back with distinct languages that have a legitimate bona fide need for scripture translation. About half of those came back, you know, we actually, our language is so close to another language that we're good. We can, we can kind of understand that language enough to get deep concepts. Um, so this is never done from a Western air conditioned office, but always in conjunction with the actual community. Well, this is Pilgrim Radio's His People, and we're chatting with Jonathan Huguenin, Vice President of a ministry called Faith Comes by Hearing. And we're talking about languages that are being translated audibly for every tribe and nation around the world to hear. Jonathan, it makes me wonder, what's the most unusual translation you've ever recorded or produced? This past year, we did a project in a country where there was only one Christian. 
And so what do you do when, you know, you need more people involved? It was a sensitive country in West Africa. And this gentleman really brought a, a heart for the work. He recruited a couple of his friends who were from another religious background, but really valued historical books, really valued, um, wanted to seek truth. And in the process of recording, they became believers, which is such a common story. When you're sitting in front of scripture for hours, you know, it doesn't surprise us that God's word is powerful and people can't help but give their lives to Christ once that much scripture has passed through their mind and heart and out their mouth. Um, This particular project actually then got relayed to the larger community. Uh, I'll never forget it. It's one of my favorite testimonies, Patrick. They took the audio Bible to this refugee camp where this people was relocated because this country is currently in a coup, um, kind of internal conflict. They played the audio Bible for this lady and her family. And this lady was sitting in the corner, war-torn, ravaged, and just her fingers were clenched, her feet were tucked under her, and she became a mute. She would not talk. They played God's word in the first two audio sections that they played. One was uh, Jesus calming the storm. And the second was Jesus giving this sweet invitation to Mary and Martha to sit at, at his feet. This lady who had never heard anything in her own heart language, unclenched her fingers, stood up and verbally said, I want to follow Jesus. Wow. Like, which was nuts. 12 other family members of hers gave their lives to Christ because for the first time she heard that the Jesus who has the power to calm the storm has the power to calm her internal storm. And the Jesus who can sleep on a boat during a storm also invited uh, this lady to give, uh, sit at his feet, just like he did Mary and Martha. And so that the church that day went from one person to a few other people giving their lives to Christ, to 12 additional people coming to to faith. And and then their next question, of course, is how do we start the first church ever Mm. in this language in West Africa? A neighboring people group came over and and jointly started the first church. Like that's what's happening around the world in, in any given week. That's probably my favorite testimony of recent because um, it started out with such small, paltry beginnings, and the Lord's growing the church within this group. How fun to be a part of something like that. That's an exciting job. Ah, it's invigorating. And to do it in partnership, there's this there's this move, Patrick, where partners really are almost outdoing one another with generosity. It wasn't so even 10 years ago. There's an active move of God. We're hearing about revivals in the news. There's a revival happening between Christian ministries to give the farm away to one another. I could share so many examples of organizations you probably know just saying, we're all in, what's mine is yours. And and the response is, well, what's mine is yours. How do we do ministry together? You know, just out of curiosity, because I'm this kind of person, I would love to go and listen to these audio tapes in, in different languages. Is there a way to do that? Maybe even like a the, the click Bantu languages of Botswana, that kind of thing? I mean, even Ooh, if those are yeah. produced. Yeah, totally. There's a there's a bunch of ways we've kind of destroyed the audio Bible market. So it's it's available anywhere you look for free. You can Google Faith Comes by Hearing. Okay. And go to our website. You can pull out your phone and type in audio Bible or Bible.is. 
And all of these languages are available in text, audio, and now video uh, on your phone. They're available in podcasts, internet radios. We really make them available. And if you're out there and you want to start a website in Indonesia or start an app um, for Colombia, we make all these recordings freely available. So you can pull them off what's called our Bible brain into your own digital expression and call it yours. Like this is the season we're living in of just be generous with each other. I'm definitely gonna have to do that. Now, speaking of cell phones, I saw on your website from village to village, cell phone to cell phone, people are sharing your audio uh, tracks with just, you know, downloading and uploading to each other. And even some villages, I thought this was funny, they're playing the recordings of the Bible over their loudspeakers. So it was like a military camp. And I thought that's either for the good or for the for, for bad because people waking up going, oh, no, I have to listen to the Bible again in the morning. But tell me what's going on out there. Oh, man. One of, our, one of the statements is by all means possible. So really, when it comes to Bible engagement, anything goes. Um, these are offline apps, so you don't even need the internet anymore or a Google Play Store to to get these apps. You can actually Bluetooth it from phone to phone. And so the Bible is becoming, you know, kind of a virus in a way that is infecting hearts to turn towards towards grace and a savior. Something else really cool that's happening is a movement within prison systems. We just joined uh, a sweet partnership with an uh, organization that Chuck Colson founded, uh, their international expression, Prison Fellowship International. And as we speak, 40 countries' prison systems are getting audio Bible devices to play to prisoners. And by the year 2027, 10% of the global prison population will have sat in an audio Bible listening group, not in French or Swahili, but in their heart language. And think about that. If one in 10 prisoners on the planet get to hear God's word in some pretty wild countries, let me add, they're not all Christian countries, but the prison wardens are so excited to have a resource to kind of settle down prisoners that they would rather have, have something for the prisoners to do even if it's in a different religion. We just praise God for all these doors opening. I saw on on your website again, a group of readers, there were four of them, uh, and they were maybe like four foot tall. I, you know, the, the, I think they were American, but they were standing next to him, but they were just dwarfing these four little guys. And it just struck me. Here's the readers of God's word in their native tongue. And I thought, you know, they're proclaiming the message of giants these little guys. And I just thought that's a powerful statement to seeing how small they were and what a big story that they're proclaiming. You got it. Yeah. It, and it's it's one of those like David and Goliath stories, I think, where people who've been overlooked are now feeling empowered. One of my favorite quotes of the past year was from uh, Reverend Katete, this gentleman who lives in Zambia. And he said, you know, the end is near when the forgotten people groups of the world Mm. are getting God's word. The ministry Faith Comes by Hearing started as a tape lending library. That was back in 1972. And I'm just wondering, the founders, Jerry and Annette Jackson, are they still part of the ministry? Are they still alive? They are. They're still going strong, and they're some of the most technology-focused people. They're always up for a good pivot while still sticking true to the mission. I think they're brilliant examples of change management to be able to go from tapes to MP3s 
to digital, to solar, to Google ads, um, to now videos, you know, I just wonder what's next. You, yeah. you, you have an idea for them and then you leave with your tail between your legs and they've dreamt it four times bigger. So are we going to have hologram or virtual or augmented reality Bibles <laughs> next year? I, they're coming, you know, yeah. um, and we'll, we'll, we'll be right there uh, with that technology. I'd love to see that too. Now let's talk about in closing here, you translate Christian movies into people's heart or native tongue as well. Tell us a little bit about that. It's been a partnership uh, from heaven, really. Uh, so in 2017, we had all these audio Bibles and we came across a ministry who had uh, video Bibles, basically, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just straight scripture in video yep. form. Uh, their dream was to take these video Bibles, and it's just like watching God's Word, nothing extra added, uh, and taking them in 25 languages and scaling them to a 1,000. We realized that our 50 years of work had the exact soundtrack, mm -hmm. the audio Bibles pre-recorded that they needed to grow these video Bibles. So we joined forces. And within four short years, we raised a whole department. The Lord brought funding through all kinds of creative means because donors saw us working together. And we went from 25 languages to over a thousand languages. So now you can literally watch Matthew chapter five or Mark uh, chapter 14. You can watch God's word. And in such a video addicted culture, it's pretty sweet that the Lord saw this coming um, all these years ago to provide his word in a video form. Now, you know, just in closing here, I would imagine that our listeners of Pilgrim Radio have the Bible in their own language. So what's the message you have for them? Can How can our listeners get involved in a ministry like this and, and if they feel so inclined? One, try checking out God's word in audio or video. If you do your print, you know, your you're diligent to get up early and read God's word. Try experiencing God's word through a different media. It has the potential to change your life. I'm telling you. Um, two, uh, join with us. There are people groups right now who are literally waiting for an audio Bible and who won't access God's word any other way. Just Google faith comes by hearing and read some testimonies about what God's doing and join forces. Um, we're not alone in this charge. There is a force of organizations working together to translate and get God's word into audio and video. And we would love for you to hop along. Excellent. Jonathan Huguenin, thanks for taking the time with to chat with us today on His People. Thanks, Patrick. Really enjoyed it. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Jonathan Huguenin, Vice President of the ministry Faith Comes by Hearing. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to hear the audio Bible in various languages, go to their website, faithcomesbyhearing.com. Coming up on tomorrow's program, Trent Rogers with a biblically grounded discussion of body stewardship and countering harmful cultural viewpoints. We can do whatever we want with our bodies. It doesn't matter. And honestly, that's not a new thing in Christianity. That was that was a really early uh, heretical teaching that existed even in the earliest church, that the body doesn't matter. But we want to say, like, the body does matter. Uh, and you can appeal just even to the incarnation of Jesus mm. Christ to say, the body matters. That's tomorrow at the same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening.